welcome to another episode of the It's Not Orange podcast. Tonight, we'll be looking back at the double header versus Peterborough as the Seasiders look to turn things around on Saturday with a good away win, um, but going crashing out of the cup on Tuesday night. Uh, joining me this evening to review both games is Pal. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Uh, Kurt, welcome back. It's been a it's been a while, mate. How are you? I haven't managed to go through Cheltenham away yet, so if we could do a section on that first, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, we we haven't got all night, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it is an equally bad performance on Tuesday, so we can get our teeth into that one. Uh, as ever, welcome back, Mark. How you doing, bud? Yeah, bang average. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Every week, Mark, you get more and more depressed. It's like one Honestly. of those threads on X when you see like Martin, but it gets more depressed as the as the thread goes on. Yeah, I'm quite um, worried about myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you tried some Aaron's after Cheltenham, but we'll have to do once more. Um, yeah. Right, gents, we'll 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 start the pod um, on a real positive because um, Saturday against Peter away, um, which was a shock shock result. Obviously, we're expecting probably the worst. When it came to the game um, on the weekend, but a second half um, revitalised performance, all the Seasiders win 2-1. So um, we'll look back at that, but we'll start um, as ever as we do um, with the lineup. Paul, I'll start with you, but we'll go through the lineup as always. Grimshaw, your favourite friend, Hubby, <laughs> Equiteta, Pennington, Colson, Morgan, Norburn, Byers, Gabriel, Lavery and Joseph. Um, your initial thoughts, it's easy to obviously in retrospect because we know we've won the game, but what was your thoughts on the lineup when it came out? I actually tweeted about it straight away and I said no issues whatsoever with the lineup. I was quite happy with it. It, it looked good, it looked solid. Um there wasn't a single change I would have made personally. So yeah, I had no complaints at all about the lineup. Kurt, do you uh have the same sentiments? Yeah, we kind of discussed quite a few times across this season that we, we struggle for balance across the team and uh, you know Gabriel on one side, Coulson on the other, you know, three midfielders. Um, yeah, I, I like Byers. I've like I, I like Byers prior to signing for Blackpool. I haven't quite seen it yet, but the more games he plays, the better he's gonna get. Um so yeah, I I, I didn't mind it too much. I, I still think Casey is very unlucky to not be in this team in some shape or form. And I don't know whether he could be replacing husband with the form that he's in. Does he have to be a left footed left centre back? I'm I'm not so sure. But outside of that, yeah team kind of was positive for me yeah Mark I think it's the first time Byers and Auburn started together and I think we spoke about previously didn't we having that the more strength in midfield and we won't go too much into it but it was nice to see sort of two sort of defensive midfielders especially Byers we know we can do it in both boxes but it was nice to see that to allow Morgan probably to be a bit more free and and, and do what he wants yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, with, with with Norburn, we've been saying all season that, you know, we get glimpses of it and we, we hope that, that he brings everything that he's supposed to be to the table. And Byers did not come here to to sit on the bench. So, you know, I think by and large, he should always be starting, shouldn't he, with, with his ability and his proven track record in League One. So, yeah, it, it was good to see those two playing. And it, as you say, it allows Morgan to, to do his stuff a little bit further up. Yeah, Mark, I'll stay with you. Um, start with the first half, sorry. Um, and it was a game where we probably thought this is going to be much of the same away from home. Um, they had 63% possession in the first half, a total of nine shots, although we did have seven um, and unlock, unlucky not to score with the buyer's header off the line. We actually had three shots on target um, as well as them. Um, but they passed us to death, 288 passes, and they were quite fluid there in their attack. 
Um, they were fairly impressive, as we saw again on Tuesday night. Um, and after the first half sort of ended, you could probably argue that, you know, we're probably in for another beating. But, you know, that Peterborough settled well as expected, obviously, but they were still moments for Blackpool um, after they come off the back of four, four losses as well. Yeah, I think look, anything from four days before would have been a massive improvement, wouldn't it? Because we all know how terrible Cheltenham was. So, and 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 you've got to expect to suffer a little bit without the ball because there's, there's such a higher caliber of opposition, and, and 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 they showed that. But but yeah, we we were certainly more up for it. I think maybe again the realization of of the opponents that we were playing in their backyard, and also I think I think the fact that maybe they'd not been on a great run as far as league results was concerned, and they were maybe a little bit vulnerable, but but. It was a it was a much brighter overall attitude towards the game from Blackpool because, as I say, four days before could not have been any worse. Anything would have been an improvement, and and I think the size of the game seemed to be obvious to the players, and and clearly words have been said. Um, not quite sure what was said in midweek, but we'll come to that. But in terms of this game, they looked a damn sight more. They, the attitude was was definitely there, wasn't it, compared to the last away game. Yeah, and just to add to that, I'll stay with you again. I know you watched, I say, the game. Um, in and around the box, um, we were much we were much more intact and we had a lot more intent within it. And, and I want to talk about individual performances a bit more um, when we talk about the second half, but there were shots from Lavery inside the box, which was sort of deflecting to the keeper's arms. Um, Joseph had a good good shot from outside the area, which just went wide um, and a few more on target. And obviously we had the buyer's header from, from a decent cross that was just flicked off the line. So there were moments in that first half where, I suppose we were a bit more free than what we've seen away from home. And it also sort of um, showed, sorry, that, Peterborough were vulnerable at the back. Yeah, they, they always are, aren't they, Peterborough? I think they they have a they have a style of play, and they 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 will always give you chances. And and you know, as it's proved, they've conceded quite a few goals recently. Haven't they? To fair, you know, Wickham, I think Wickham got five against them, didn't they, a few weeks ago? So um, th- there are opportunities there, and and they are they're not the sort of team that um, how can I put it? They're not a team of scrappers, are they? If you know what I mean, they they are they are um, a creative team. And a and a uh, an off the an off the cuff team, I suppose, in a little bit. So it, it, did, it did give you a little bit more space, and and I think we we knew that, and we 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 exploited it to a certain extent. And it was good to see Lavery looking lively and look, looking half decent. Um, but yeah, as an overall team performance, um, it was decent. It was certainly decent. As I say, there's a low bar set, isn't there? Recently, but it was decent, and it was. It, you know, it, it's just unfortunate that um, we didn't quite see it through to the end of the first half. Yeah, Kurt, I was just um, going to add to what Martin just said there. Obviously, he said Peter are not a team of scrappers, but that that just emphasised the fact that if you play football in this league, obviously they've got the average age of 22, 23. Um, I appreciate they are vulnerable and they... You know they still they still fight they still they still fight for the ball I'm not calling them completely weak but um, it just shows when you then you do play attack and football in this league you will have games where you look vulnerable um, however they've scored a lot of goals and they still sit sort of fifth in the league yeah yeah I think you know obviously we're not going to talk about Tuesday right now but they've got a lot of players that have a caliber and a ceiling above this division I would say that that and it as part of that the age group they're very naive. You know, when you look at the you know, the penalty, for example, that was a very naive tackle. I know it was Jed Steer, but as a team, they're a little bit naive. So when you come up against your Wickhams that 
have a style of play that is is you know about getting balls into the box, you know, winning headers, winning that second battle. That's where they struggle, and that's where we've struggled. You know, we struggled against Cheltenham. We struggled against teams like Port Vale because they're they're playing a style of football that is around scrapping, and it's not a coincidence for us that you know when we're playing in this very structured, highly tactical system, that when we go play against the better footballing sides in this league, your derbies, your um, Portsmouths, your you know so on and so forth, that that we come out you know looking better. Because it's more about the tactical battle and the footballing battle as opposed to, you know, how aggressive you are, you know, winning the second balls, the more scrappy side of League One. And we said at the start of the season that in this league, you have to show a little bit more than playing football. You know, you have to show a bit of nous, you have to show a bit of nastiness, you know. And at times I've looked at this team and thought, we just don't have that. We don't have the the bottle to stay in the fight at times, Um, which Saturday kind of, sometimes I said, I said on Saturday, that game could be a turning point for us, you know, win away from home where, you know, maybe we're behind in possession, behind in quality, but we found a way to win. And sometimes in this division, you have to find a way to win, you know, not just by doing the same thing all the time, by being slightly different. So look, however we, however we win, it, it, it's fantastic. Um, but the, this, this, this Peterborough team will get better and better, I think, as they get older, you know, but Peterborough always that team that, that their best players will disappear for five to 10 million in the summer. And then the next non-league superstar will come in and they'll just revolve and that's kind of what I want us to do and we kind of seem to have lost that a bit yeah pal just to just to go away from the game a little bit Kurt said this could be a turning point um if we could wipe Tuesday from our memories in terms of sort of league performances obviously a massive game on Saturday but why do you think it is at points during the season the turning points have not been turning points and they've been more like a, a flash in the pan such as your Portsmouths etc Barnsley's etc you know there's been wins at home do you think go go away and they'll go away to Cambridge then Burton etc and think we're going to push for those playoffs and stay in and around them but Similar lineup, similar tactics, um, um, and with those wins become comes horrible losses as well. And, and I don't know if you had an opinion on why we've been so inconsistent this season. I think it just boils down to mentality, doesn't it? I think I was on the pod. What was it last month when we were talking about the players' mentality and the lack of it? Um, I just don't think they've got enough about them. Kurt just touched on it then in terms of we don't have that that sort of streak of nastiness, in, in just to sort of <clears throat> the, the cynical fouls or the little barges off the ball. We, we just don't have anything like that in the team. Um, but, but you see, like we go to these bigger games and we look, we look better, like Kurt said. But and we should be turning points. But then you go to these teams that are scrapping, and I just don't think we fancy it. I think I, I called it, didn't I? Was it back at the start of January when I said about what one of the players had said when it was Carey when he said that he openly admitted that we don't like it when teams get in our faces, and it's just showing time and time again that we don't like it, we don't fancy it, and we're not up for the scrap. There's players in there like husband that you'd think would be up for it, but I, I just don't see that in the team. I just don't see the willingness to fight for the shirt. <clears throat> it almost looks like there's a lack of interest, there's a lack of passion, barring a handful. I think you can maybe pick out like the likes of Joseph and Gabriel in there that show a bit of, of passion. But I just don't think there's enough desire amongst the squad, um, whether that's because there's a few of them out of contract or whether they've just completely stopped playing for the manager, but one way or another... What the reason is, there's just there's not that desire there, I don't think. Yeah, you're pointing out husband there, um, not making any sort of jokes or anything, but we'll stay we'll stay with him because we all remember self end away, we remember that season, the season after. He was 
that sort of player, wasn't he? He was the sort yeah. of player to go into a tackle, a bit like Gabriel does, a bit, you know, go to the referee. And sort of now he just seems to be a bit lacklustre. And I don't know if that comes from, that mentality comes from Neil Critchley. And I'm, I'm not getting personal with him, but he never seems, to, he gets angry a little bit, but he's never really in the ref's face or anything like that at all. And I don't want him to become Steve Evans, that I suppose opposite to what Neil Critchley is, but we seem to, from his, from Ian Brunskill and, and his backroom staff, it just seems to be a bit of a yes-men mentality. And the, the, other nice. than, yeah, it, it is really nice. And I don't, what you know, I don't know why the players have sort of lost that because when we, when, when it, when it's easy, like the second goal against Peterborough, when the fourth went in against Portsmouth and so on and so forth, you see players or the Shrewsbury game when Joseph, you know, elation after he, you know, scored to come back from injury, and you, you see moments of. This is our team, but you know when I'll use Cheltenham as a prime example again. When we go away to Cheltenham, it seems like we've just met on the bus. They've been thrown out on the pitch, and they've just been told to go and play some basic football, and not go and win the game. So we've spoke about mentality a, a few times, even for five games in. I think we got absolute pelters for saying we need to change the three-five-two system. It's not sort of working all the time, and it, we're, we're still 34, 35 games in, and we're still where we are and ironically you know it shows how poor this league is because we're only six points outside the playoffs and with every chance of making them but as Blackpool fans we don't have that belief yet because over the last few weeks it's just become a bit you know it's not even the performances as such it's been the things that have gone in the, in the background and, and the players themselves like we don't mind losing we've said this haven't we Martin where we don't mind losing as long as we show a bit of Nelson a bit of determination and after after Saturday, Tuesday follows, and we're we're back to doing a pod where we feel a bit negative again, and it's it's just really frustrating. But we'll come on to talk about that a bit later on. Don't want to go into too much detail now. But um, Powell, I'll stay with you. The goal we conceded was once again a set piece, um, and like I said to Mark earlier, it was more. It, it felt a bit like there's more to come from from Peterborough, and that was the goal that sort of undone us a little bit. But a poor goal in terms of Grimshaw t- to concede and a poor goal, obviously, to to allow them to have a header and obviously drill it in at the, at the near post. Yeah, I think Grimmy keeps getting a bit of stick like doesn't he, for these sort of goals that we're conceding. Um, but I struggle, or I'm hesitant to put a lot of the blame onto him because the defence in front of him, especially in those sorts of set pieces, they just look all over the place. In fact, like you just said, they look like a team of strangers. It's like we don't know who they're meant to be picking up. They're not willing to fight for it if someone's getting a bit physical with them in the, in the, uh, the pushing and pulling. They seem to just collapse and they just give away the headers too easily. Um, but how many times have we said it this season with that sort of goal with the set pieces and the, and the shoddy defending? It's just another example of it. Um, and going back to my last point about the mentality, on top of that, it, I think it just boils down to a lack of quality and it's quality as well in the end. I don't think there's enough ability in the team. Although that being said, it is the basics of football. So if you can't even do that right, then what are you doing as a professional footballer really? Can I jump in on the corner stuff? So at, at Cheltenham away, we sit our three centre-backs in front of the goalkeeper in like a static line. And then yeah. we bring um, Hamilton back and we sit Hamilton on Curtis Davies, who's been a championship Premier League footballer for 20 years. He's got no chance. So when you're talking about picking players up, we don't. We play like a zonal system where we'll have Marv in the centre and actually, they're very, they were so static when corners were coming in. It looked dangerous every time. It looked dangerous every time. So, again, I'm not convinced by that system. And we get the ball and 
Groomy holds on to it for 30 seconds to get allow Hamilton to get up the pitch and Cheltenham have reset. You know, we can look at statistics around corners and, oh, if you put everybody back in the box, you've got less chance. Who cares at the minute? You know, stop looking at statistics and start playing football and trying something different. Leave Dembele on the halfway line. The guy's five foot. He ain't, he ain't stopping anything. You know, he's not doing anything. If anything, he's getting in the way of the defensive effort. And then you're losing a release of, of you know, if you they've then got to take further players back. I, I don't care about the, the statistics of this. It's been a footballing thing for years, you know. And so even our corners, when we're talking about football in isolation and different parts of football, our corners are a problem. You know, if it, that's a basic thing to be trying to get right. And we never look threatening from them either. So, you know, for me, there's, there's, you know, the corner side really riles me up because that on goal that on point that as well, day, I would say, um, what's even more frustrating is we leave CJ back to cover when we're attacking the corner because he's no good at winning the ball in the air and we use him for his pace on the outlet but, to cover. But you, you, so why not do the exact you, same thing when you, you're just, defending the corner? You've just it's said. Just, we leave him out of the box when we're, when we're taking them, but we leave him in the box when we're defending them because just, he can't win either in the mind box. Boggling. Why is he in the box to defend? And Kurt, you're right. I don't know if you listened to the pod a couple of weeks ago. I know you took a, a little break from the pod. So I don't want to sort of rinse and repeat what we've said, but we said identi- the identical thing. Like leave Dembele and Hamilton, we leave one maybe in between the halfway line and, and the box and maybe leave one on the halfway line or or leave Lavery or whoever's or Rhodes, you know, on that bit. So when you've got when you attack you've you've left six in the box but three on the counter or whatever. It it and like you say, it's just bizarre. And how how game after game after game we don't notice that or we don't change that is 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 mind boggling to to, to to the highest extent because we're probably gonna score five to ten goals on that counter each season, aren't we? We even did it when we were 2-0 down at Cheltenham. I just walked out. Yeah. <laughs> I walked out. Because if you've got no intent to score when we're 2-0 down, what's the point of being there? You know, we're 2-0 yeah. down to a team in the bottom three. So for me, uh, there's a lot of stuff going wrong. And it's really difficult to be talking about stuff going wrong because we actually beat Peterborough. And that's a, a best, one of the best results of the season. I know they've lost four. But, you know, outside of Portsmouth away, that's probably, I think, maybe result of the season away from home. Yeah. Well, I agree. You know, so yeah. um, well, it's difficult to be positive because we're so we're so used to this season going. Oh, we beat Peter away. We'll lose next weekend, or we'll lose on Tuesday, or whatever, because it, there's no consistency with them. Yeah, and, and and it's the performance to go with it as well. Um, I don't want to sort of go over every single chance we had in the first half because it was more the second half where we came alive. Martin, I'll come with you, um, mm-hmm. and. I'll say, without going into visual performances, the turning point for me in that second half was n- n- nothing what I've ever seen from Blackpool before. And it was the opposite to what we saw at Cheltenham, Port Vale and Burton and Cambridge, where every single second ball, most, if not all players on the pitch, wanted it 110%. And every single time there was a loose ball, a player a player, you know, in Tangerine picked it up and they didn't always win it, but they went for it. And it was, you know, the polar opposite to what we've seen away from home. And it was such a joy to watch Blackpool attack and attack and attack every single time we got the ball back. We then hit him on the counter and actually we created several um, opportunities on Saturday. And, you know, we, we could have scored a lot more than two goals and, and probably should have a bit more quality up front. But for me, that the second ball and the pressing was... No, every credit to the Blackpool side because it looked like they were showing that passion and determination we've been missing for weeks. And and that's the frustrating thing, you know why 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 wait till then to turn it on? You know why not why not turn up at some of these other terrible places we've had to go and suffer crap results just to kind of, you know to why 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 Saturday all of a sudden? 
Um, I mean, that's that's the crits. That second half reminded me an awful lot of of a lot of uh, 2020, 2021 uh, performances when we got promoted. You know, going to places like Peterborough and Portsmouth and and uh, uh, you know and Oxford in the playoffs and just kind of you know dominating and and having an identity and 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 just really producing the sort of goods that we all want to see. And and it's it was great to control you know, such a highly rated team on their own patch. It was it was really, really good. And you sort of think to yourself, you know, God, you hope this is the half where the pennies dropped. You really do, don't you? You know, you hope that, 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 that that's the standard. You need to look at that and look at that. That's the standard that we that we need to set for the rest of the season. Um, play like that. That's what people yeah. want to see. That's the identity that we expect. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go into one of my... You know the the four players that I thought changed the game um, in a bit more detail in a second, pal. But you've all, you, you've you've just said we don't have the ability in this side. I don't know if I'm call me delusional with you know your free hit at me, um, but I, I I still and I still like I think that every week I get more and more frustrated um, by the by the shackles that are on this side because you know I know I know a fair bit about each league one side and, and I do actually believe we do have the ability in this team that the intelligence I think is drained or has been drained out of them over these last 30 odd games because you've seen glimpses of it away from home and you've certainly seen glimpses of it at home and I could probably name you five or six players in our team that should start most weeks and win us games the ability for me is there um and the second half sort of suggests that and like i said i hope this isn't a flash in the pan going into saturday but i'll tell you why i really like the performance it was a black a black performance that was completely different so 38% um possession but we had an expected xg of 1.62 obviously we had a penalty in that um but also created a lot of chances their expected goals in the second half because of the way we set up and pressed them was less than 0.2 we had 10 shots in the second half five on target making it eight on target for the whole game um we only had 104 passes, um, accurate passes in the second half, but we committed seven fouls. We didn't even have a corner in the second half. For me, that suggests we were quite clinical when we attacked. Um, we've had a shot on target, um, or, or you know, we, we or we scored, or, or you know, created opportunity. Um, and when they did get the ball back, and we didn't give them a chance to reset because we won the ball so much. So, if if on Saturday we don't see a similar performance. Um, I'm going to take Tuesday out of my memory because I don't want to remember that game ever again, although we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But in the league, if we see a similar type performance and we and, and we fight for those second balls and we get a win against Bolton, you know, we could be talking about going on this run. I'm not convinced of it, but why is it against Peterborough, a team that, to be fair, they weren't nasty, they didn't bully us about, but we looked chalk and cheese first and second half. So why is it, again, like I tried to repeat myself, that, we were that good and showed that much ability and showed that much confidence on on Saturday and 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 the players that you know randomly haven't got the ability the week after. I don't and like you said, it might be a mentality thing, but I think it is there. I don't know what it is about this Blackpool side, but it is there. Uh, and for me, Saturday, you know, if you watch those second half again, we we were excellent. We were really good. Um, yeah, I think there's this player. There's some players in the team that have the ability. What what uh, what argue with that? Uh, the like Gabriel, who a couple of weeks ago I think I said was probably the best one of the best fullbacks in the league, uh, which I, I stand by. Um, Lavery had a good game. Joseph had a good game, and Morgan had a good game as well. I, I, I think there's, I think it's too easy for these players to raise the game in the bigger games when the sort of the mentality needs to be upped, um, but they just go missing 
when you go to the, the likes of Cheltenham and you go to the likes of Stevenage. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But what goes what missing? Because you want to win games like you did against Peterborough. You want to win games. And if anything, if they're playing... Games. If, yeah, well, of course. But if you come against Peterborough and you show that, you know, you want to win football matches, and you could argue you go against Cheltenham, it might be a bit rough and tumble, but they didn't really do anything, did they, Cheltenham? Martin said it was no, one it was of these games. The box, wasn't it? Yeah, my, my point is, Martin said you couldn't go to a game where a team didn't do anything at all and still walked away with a win. Do you know what I mean? It was they didn't have to do anything because we didn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? So if you yeah. think we were, we, if we were that relentless like we were against Peter and Cheltenham, you you win them three or four nil because we do it at home when it's comfortable and easy, and we go away and That's it's like thing, we've been it? told not to win easy. football. Yeah, but it's like we've been told not to win. Like we didn't have a you know we didn't have a shot against Cheltenham the first half as we know, so. It's like we've been told not to win, and I genuinely believe. I genuinely mean that. It's it's absolutely mental. I think we do. Um, I think I've. I mean, I've. I make no secret the fact that I've defended Critchley all season, um, but that defence has just about ran out now. I've got no more defence of him left in me. Um, the shackles are on. The system isn't working. It's not worked for ninety percent of the season. It's all right winning a few games at Peterborough at Portsmouth and trying to point to them as your sort of benchmark. But if you're then following up with performance like like Cheltenham, it's not your benchmark mark, is it? Cheltenham is your benchmark that you need to be aiming to beat. And too often we're just falling and resulting back to that standard. Um so I am at the point now where Critchley is getting it wrong and if he's gonna to continue to get it wrong then he needs to go. Um but I will I'm I will die on the hill as well that these players need to take responsibility as well because regardless of what system you play, regardless of what formation or tactics you want to instill into them, you cross that white line and you do the basics of football and you do it week in, week out. You make passes, you make runs, you offer yourself in a bit of space and we just don't do that too often. Um, the manager isn't going out there, sending them out there and telling them not to complete a pass or telling them to do a stupid long ball 30 times like James Husband. There's... Too much blame put on Critchley, although he deserves the blame, but not enough of blame. I don't think I think is being put on the players. And yeah, I just it's just mind-boggling. Is it? We're talking like this after beating Peterborough, like like we said before. Um, but it's just and it is it's, it's, it's too often. It's just more the frustration of how the season, you know, fell. Um, not just the game on Saturday because we're now frustrated because we've won a game and playing well. Um, Martin, I'll come to you. Um, mm. A performance which I had joy from um, and has given me a tiny bit of hope for mine and Powell's uh, 11 goals that Larry needs to score this season um, was, of course, his performance because um, it was Lavery of old, call it, you know, in the championship, he really sort of was was frustrating for defenders. Um, he had a total of five shots, of, scored, uh, of course, scored the penalty, but his accurate passes were 13 out of 14, 93%, created a couple of chances. Um he won all of his tackles. Um, he won seven duels. Um, um, but stats aside, he was relentless in the distance that he covered and obviously picking up the ball and just running at defenders. He could have been more clinical with his shots where he, he drilled one just wide of the post and a couple that deflected, you know, against defenders. That's where he loses his clinical edge a little bit um, to be, you know, a true striker like Jordan Rose as an example. But if it wasn't for Lavery on Saturday, we don't win the game, in my opinion. And he deserves every credit. A fully fit Shane Lavery like that, working with Joseph, who we'll come on to in a minute, is something that's severely refreshing for this Blackpool side. Yeah, and I think 
we've seen flashes of it this season. You know, when he came on against Fleetwood, or, or you know, he absolutely ripped them to bits for a bit. He was unplayable for about twenty-five minutes, and that's what he can do. And you're right, and he gets you up the pitch as well, doesn't he? He gets you up the pitch, and again, Joseph gets you up the pitch. Um, it's not static. It's not. It's not a slow build-up. You're going to have to play quicker if you're playing those two. Otherwise, there's no point in playing him. Um, but no, it was good to see Lavery. I, I was critical of Lavery a few weeks ago. I find him frustrating. I find him quite a scruffy player. I find him a player that at his worst he has zero quality. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really create much for other people. His shooting can be really erratic, and and sometimes he, he plays maybe a little bit too fast. And I think, uh, yeah, but it was re- he was really really good on Saturday, and it was it was great to see him put in that kind of performance because as I say it helped keep us up the pitch at vital moments, and it and it and it just it just helped the whole thing really. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, nice to see him slot that penalty and. Uh, yeah, just a handful all game, really. Do you think with with Lavery, I find it interesting that he either looks like he's just come back from an injury and not played football for 10 months, or he's like, yes. you know, on six cans of Red Bull and buzzing around <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, There doesn't yeah, seem to be an in-between. It's either utterly... like, And I can always forgive him when he came back from his injury, because a nasty injury, you know, he's had quite a few of them. You know, so he's probably a bit tentative when he comes back. And then the next game, you know, he, he looks really on it. So I, I kind of want to see a bit more from him in these games because we need we need players to start chipping in with goals. We've got Rhodes out. We don't, I don't even know how long Rhodes is out. Has anyone actually said how long Rhodes is out? Well, you know, if this is like Norburn when he was on the training for 10 weeks before we bloody started the game, then who who knows? But so he like obviously crack, it sounded so, like a cracked rib, didn't it? Which is six to eight weeks at least. Yeah, so. I mean, so we got another two, three weeks then without him potentially, probably. if not more. But th- this is point: we, we can't just have Jordan Rhodes scoring eighteen goals or twenty goals and open to go up. You have to have your your strikers yeah. behind him scoring goals, you know. And obviously, with Beasley out injured, Karasi, I don't think is someone that's going to get you any more than three or four a season with the way we've seen him. And he, and at times he looks massively out of his depth. Joseph is being played either, you know, in a front two or out on the left. I don't think he's going to score your goals. So Lavery can do it at championship level. We've seen that. He's got to start doing it this now. He's got to do it at this level. Uh, I, th- I think it is the injuries of Lavery, isn't it? They do set him back like a couple of seasons almost. But mm. we got the Red Bull Lavery during pre-season where I was living on cloud nine thinking we'd win the league and I'd get £10 from Pal. Uh, it turns <laughs> out, you know, he's come mm. crashing down on a sugar, sugar crash and, you know, we get glimpses of him. But, you know, Saturday in isolation, he was he was relentless. He was, he was brilliant. You know, he, the only thing he lacked was probably getting a hat-trick from being clinical like Rhodes would have been on a, on a, on another afternoon. So, um, but every credit to Lavery, I think, you know, you know, long may it continue on Saturday because we're going to need energy up front against a very organised Bolton side. Kurt, I'm going to come to you about my next uh, sort of player of the match type performance. And that is, of course, George Byers. Um, he... He was brilliant. I think he was he was really good. And the sort of reason we brought him into the club was because um, we needed that experience and bite in midfield and and something we've been lacking all season. But he's he's got a lot of experience. But he's also only twenty seven, so he's you know he's got a lot of years of playing ahead of him. Um, but also he's had a lot of years you know within the game. So having him in the squad is invaluable with Norburn and Morgan, in my opinion. But um, his accurate passes twenty four out of twenty six. Um, Successful dribbles was two. Accurate long balls is three. Take note, James Husband. Uh, tackles one. One out of one. Uh, he won six ground duels um, and won fifty percent of his ground duels. But he, the experience in the middle. Um, I know you dipped in and out of the game, um, or you know only watched little little bits of it back. But you know about George Byers, and 
I don't know if you've seen the highlights when when Joseph gets taken out and think that the first person, although he's fairly close to the referee, was him pointing to the spot. There was other moments where tackles happened and he ran up to the ref with his hands behind his back, which is having a quiet word of him, got the free kicks on and so forth. So he is going to add that nastiness, but he's also a player which, again, I think with Lavery, without him on Saturday, we don't control the game as much and, and, and keep us ticking over. Yeah, and we've lost someone who started to come into his own really and dominate teams in, in Kenny Dougal. And then we've all gone, Oh God, we don't really have anybody in form in the center of midfield. We've, for me, I, I, I don't think we've seen the best of Norburn so far this season. I think we've probably seen him at the out of form and not, not on it. And then Morgan has actually had a very slow start to his Blackpool career and started to pick up and started to dominate games. Um, so to add that experience is is really important. I saw him at Cheltenham and I don't think he touched the ball for the first 48 minutes of the game. Yeah, it was rough, wasn't it? It was a difficult game for him. Um, so, you know, from, from Saturday, although I didn't see all of it, um, he, he very much involved and he is going to be really important because I don't think we're going to be playing a th- you know three central midfielders in every game and he's going to have to rotate in and out between Norburn and Morgan. And I think he'll just keep switching it up, to be honest, between the three of them and swapping them in and out. Um, like I said it earlier on about we need people with a bit of nows, a bit of, you know, S-housery because we haven't had it in, in spades since Gary Medine got released. You know, hopefully we can get him back for the last 10 games or something. Um, and, and we need that. We need that little bit of getting us over the line and a little bit of nastiness and a little bit of, you know, the dark arts of League One that everybody else seems to get away with and we don't. So, um, yeah, it's glad, glad he had a good game, um, but he, he, he needs to carry it on. You know, he can't have, he's got to have more Peterboroughs than Cheltenham's for me. Yeah, I, and I agree. I know you're not saying he was poor at Cheltenham because we all were, but I think, like you said, he was a bit lost. He, he was there was at moments against Cheltenham where he asked for the ball, but then he looked forward and he was like, "I'm playing with a team that that's not Sheffield Wednesday, that's not, you know, Barry Bannon, it's not got Smith up front, etc." So I think he needs intelligence around him, and we saw we did see that. And um, I think he complimented Norburn, um, sorry Morgan, re- really well as well. I think he had a very decent game, Morgan. He's Morgan, without going into too much detail from Saturday, is a sort of player, isn't he, pal, where he, when you look back at his stats after a game, you think, well, he's done quite a lot. But sometimes in games, you don't notice all the things that he's doing. And actually, he is quietly influential on the pitch, isn't he? Yeah, I think Morgan plays his best football when Ollie Norburn isn't on the pitch. Um, I don't think those two complement each other at all. Um, I would like to see Byers, Morgan and Dembele as a three. Um, I just think when Norbert is on there, in there with him, sorry, I just I think it just takes something away from what Morgan does because they both like to sort of drop off a little bit and try and pick the passes. The only problem is Norbert's attempt at picking the passes to go back to Grimmie every time, isn't it? Um, but no, I, I like Morgan. I think he's got ability. I think there's something there that you could maybe be brought out of him, um, but he just needs to do it more often, I think. I thought Norburn on Saturday, Paolo Stay of You, was actually really decent. Um, I don't think he was he was poor at all. I think he, he was an important player within the team and he did add maybe what you you don't think he potentially all takes away from us in previous games. I thought we needed him Saturday. However, one thing I've noticed, and it's sort of like what Kenny Dougal um does, um, as Kurt said earlier, we don't actually have a tackler in the in the midfield, do we? No. He doesn't win that many tackles. He he won he two tackles. Take I think people out off the ball. Yeah, but that's my point. That he does attempt and, yeah. a lot of tackles. But I think he won two two or three on Saturday. We yeah, didn't actually have anyone who who really. 
I mean, it wasn't needed as such. I don't think the midfield, there was a couple of defenders who wasn't even dispossessed. I think Marvs wasn't dispossessed once. Um, Pennington um, had one of his quieter games, but they didn't need to do some ridiculous defending. But there's games this season where we needed a tackler. Someone's absolutely smashed Brannigan and not want him to take shots or give S. Housery to the, you know, after the corner because we'd call him, you know, shit or whatever. It's, we haven't had someone just absolutely clatter into someone and go, right, I'll take a yellow now, but you're in a game here because our midfield is so passive. It, it hurts, doesn't it, with a few few things. So I think we're going to need that Saturday because Bolton are very much a physical side and even Williams, you know, Blackpool Old and others will add that to their game and, and, and niggly fouls a bit like Stevenage. We saw elbows, stamping on the feet, pushing over, argue with the ref, you know, just be a constant, you know, metronome all the way through saying, I want this foul, I want that foul, referee, 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 so on and so forth. We haven't got that. And Auburn, for me, needs to add a bit of battling in his performance and maybe he's a yard off the pace I don't know um I thought he was good yeah. Saturday like I said but yeah I think I think he's a little bit off the pace isn't he yeah I think when we signed him I looked at the Norburn signing because we signed him quite early in the window didn't we with Pennington yeah, I, I thought it was a signings, and I thought I did brilliant this is a benchmark for the season we're we're plotting the mm-hmm. top six attempt here um but I just don't think he's hit anywhere near the heights of what any of us expected he was going to bring to the team um I don't think he's playing within himself. I don't know whether that injury that he had, I think was it in the injury that he had quite a bad one. I don't know whether that's taken half a yard off him or it's it's made him a little bit reluctant in the challenge. Uh, but yeah, I think passive, like you just said, is probably the best way to describe him because I think not <coughs> excuse me, not taking away from Peter because like you say, he did have a good game. But too often this season, I think he has been passive in games and I just don't think he... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I don't think he's hit anywhere near what he should have hit with us because he came with a reputation as a good midfielder and he, he, he's played championship football and he did a job in the championship. Um, so there's there's something there that's not quite right with him, whether it is the injury um, or whether it's the manager. But there's something. You know. Yeah, hopefully we have a decent form, performance out of him Saturday if he starts. But a couple of more points on this game before we go into our feelings about the football club at the moment, um, including Tuesday. Mark, haven't come to you in a while. Are we playing Marv's in form um, at the moment? Um, he, despite being a not a ball playing centre back, I think he is important to this back line. Um, and I think you could probably substitute husband for Casey and maybe argue that Marv's, um, like Kurt said earlier, Marv's, Casey and Pennington might be a better back three if, if he's playing in the centre, or, or sorry, um, left or right, because he's. On Saturday, it was really important. I think he cleared the ball nine times, um, 10 tackles. Um, he won all of his um, aerial duels, eight out of eight. Um, his accurate long balls was 50%, but his general passing was 77% um, successful, which I appreciate might be sideways a lot of the time. But he is assured um, a bit more than his last few weeks, although we've spoken about Charlton at home and, and Stevenage away with the with the stupid sort of flinging of the feet out. Um, defend, defensive wise, yeah, Stevenage, we spoke about him being solid um, in terms of winning aerial duels, etc. Do you still prefer him in the side, or would you, would you still have him out? Because in my opinion, I still can't make my mind up. Because sometimes he looks a Rolls Royce of a defender, and others you you want him never in the squad again. Well, <clears throat> if you look at the centre-backs we've got, it, you're right, what you said at the start there, that Casey, uh, Pennington and Miles would be my three and Critch has got to make that work. 
because the alternative two who played on Tuesday shouldn't be anywhere near, in my opinion. Um, Marvin is, I wouldn't let the Charlton sort of, uh, you know, deflection and the Stevenage dangling of the foot define the last sort of six or seven weeks for Marvin because I think he's really improved. Um, you, you wouldn't want anybody else to kind of win an aerial duel or, or, or hook one off the line if you really need to or, you know, get a last-ditch tackle in. Again, Tuesday night, we'll talk about it. Um, he has to play for me. Um, he's, he's athletic. He's strong. Yes, he does dally on the ball slightly, but I, ju- I just think that if you're playing the other two, you can sort of get away with that a little bit. But um, I, I, mean, I, I mean, Casey and um, Pennington. So th- they would be my three, and I, and I think he, he's done nothing to deserve to get dropped, which means he'll probably get dropped on Saturday. <laughs> Done it. Anyone disagree? What? Mar- Marvin's our best out-and-out defender. So mm. last-ditch tackles... Dominant headers, you know, I think he he struggles with this keeping the ball and be expected to receive the ball every two seconds yeah. at his feet. And, and I, I really think, and I've t- spoken, we talk about all the formation all the time, but we've played predominantly with Hamilton at sort of right wing back in some sort of weird sort of uh, formation. And then we've had Dale or Coulson or um, who else has played their Lions or Dominic Thompson at times. So there's been no consistency on that side, but they're so static. So he has two places to pass the ball most of the time, Miles. It's it's Grimmy or it's uh, Pennington. That's it. You know, sometimes husband, sometimes not. And, and the problem with that is, is that, you know, when you've got someone that's not as comfortable on the ball and he's been put in awkward situations all the time. You know, he generally doesn't have a midfield option either. You know, I don't know why, but our midfielders are not very dynamic in coming back or the way that we're set up doesn't allow them to come back. Morgan sometimes drops in as like a fourth centre-back sometimes, which can help, but they don't do that often. So personally, I think the way we shape up make, is, is the worst for Mars. He's better, in a, he's better in a four. We saw it in the championship season with Keo next to him. We need to go out, you know, if we were to keep Marvs and you know start again next year, we need to go out and buy some 30, get some 35-year-old centre-half that can keep him on a leash and tell him what to do at all times and let him just defend and, you know, give the ball to the better players and we can we can go from there. Trying to build up like Peterborough do, we just don't have, the, we don't, we can't do it. They've got much better footballing centre-backs than we do. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I never want to see Harrison Burrows again. <laughs> um, just... Just very quickly, um, I just personally I'll surmise like I think um the goals in themselves were were pretty um obviously decent. One was a penalty, but I thought Joseph deserves a lot of credit. I think he five out of six successful dribbles. Um he's again relentless like Lavery. I think with those two spread the play really well. And I think I would start them both on Saturday. Not that we have much choice, but if we see Kwasi in the team that is gonna I think it's going to let Bolton do what they absolutely want to do rather than get them thinking at the back. So um, I think Joseph had a massive influence on the game. I think he ran the lines really well, as well as Gabriel. Um, should have had a second penalty as well. Um, and we had the Karamoko. Um, Powell, it was a it was a bit of luck that we we crave in these sort of games, but we, we created so many chances from his header to the little flick um, in the central box with, I think it was Joseph, when Lavery played it across to him. Um, we had the the penalty um, shout soon after the first one, with with which was a penalty. Gabriel beats his man up in the box and gets pushed over. Linesman gives it, referee doesn't. You know we create a lot of chances. Beasley comes on, disrupts the play a little bit, comes from an offside position to lay the ball off to him for a second strike, and you know it was a goal that 
you know we craved um, in the game um, because a lot of teams around us are either drawn or losing. But Hiromoko added a lot just after um, after coming on for Joseph, and I think we really um, we we really needed that sort of energy, but also um, needed that same energy after Joseph came off and not allow Peter Britt to sort of think what they were doing and. It was a decent goal in the end, although it was a deflected strike. It was it was one where you like to see us having a couple of shots rather than just dilly dallying it outside the box. It was good to see us having some intent in the second half. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he is the best player in the league, is he, Dembele? Um, Do you think? Yeah, I, I would say so. Or one of um, very good player. I think he's hampered by some of our players around him that aren't quite up to his level and they can't quite read what he's going to do or what he wants to do. Um, but I think if you was to put him in a team like Peterborough or a team with better attackers, you'd see the very, very best of him. Um, and I think he'll be playing top half championship football next season and he'll be in the Premier League eventually. Um, I think he's a good player. I think, I think he's very good. He's enjoyable to watch. So he's been one of the few bright sparks out of this season. Um, so thank God for him because I think I probably would have lost my head if we didn't have him. Right, gents, we have 15 minutes to go um, and I'm not going to talk about Tuesday. I'm going to talk about us as an overall. Well, we are going to mention Tuesday, of course, but I want to talk about Blackpool Football Club at the moment and and, and Neil Critchley's um, choice, was it, to, to play the team he did um, on Tuesday night. Um, Martin, it was... Um, a game I think I put out on the on the it's not orange X that is a it's a chance to make memories you know for your little girl and and power your children or just in fans in general that haven't experienced Wembley before. Um, obviously, COVID was a difficult time because we couldn't couldn't all go. Um, so it was a big chance for the club. Let's not dress it up, you know. If we're not going to make the playoffs, this was our opportunity to 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 do the double over Peterborough and, and you know. Have a have a big day out, and then you see the lineup, um, and then you start to question what Blackpool were trying to do. Now, Cam McConney hasn't played for weeks; he's not been very good at the back. He starts. Beasley hasn't played for weeks. He comes on Saturday, does does a fairly good job. Doesn't warrant a start. We need to win the game. He starts. Virtue hasn't played for weeks. He starts. And the others, yet yeah, don't get me wrong, they've started games and and you know, the Josephs of the world, the Norbans of the world. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but without the players in and around those players, the Dembele's, et cetera, we're not as impactful. So seeing those three or four changes um, just just made everybody question. And even I said at the start of the game, it is what it is, he's chosen that team, but we, you know, we're going to see a performance, but I don't want to make you angry or poke the bear, but the changes epitomised the lack of effort and that performance, which, in my opinion, was equally as bad, if not worse, than Cheltenham. Yeah, because unfortunately, the lineup is um, is another indicator that the manager has absolutely no bottle. Absolutely no bottle. Momentum is everything in football, and as soon as I saw that lineup, I just thought to myself, "We're not going to win this game." Set up to contain, not to attack, set up to contain and set up to hope that we'll still be in the game with his usual 65, 70 minute substitutes and we'll be all right. And then we'll bring on Dembele or somebody and they'll, they'll nick as a winner and it'll all be good. Or we'll at least get to penalties. That is not the way you attack a one-off one hit, a 90 minute opportunity to get to Wembley. 
Um, without being too dramatic about it, a lot of people went to that game with with a dream of getting to Wembley and, and Neil Critchley took those dreams and crushed them in the palm of his hands and threw the dream away by being by being a safe, cautious, slightly cowardly, bottling little man that he can that he is at the moment. I am so disappointed with that lineup. It, it, he just did not want to win the game. And when you consider that he's crapped on all all season about that trophy being really important and we're very close to Wembley. And then right at the very last chance to kind of get there, 90 minutes from from potentially a great day out, he goes and does that. And he sets us up to fail completely. And yes, the players need to take some responsibility, as Powell's rightly said. Players get off lightly when you've got a manager taking all the flack. But it's it's so it, it, it critically invites pressure and he invites criticism on himself. So when some lunatic at the end is trying to get at him and he's kind of looking with this puzzled look on his face, if to say, why are you doing that? It's because you've pissed everybody off, including me. But I had to take my 10-year-old daughter to Wembley. I was desperate to take her to Wembley and he's ballsed it up for everyone. And that's how I feel, really angry about it. And I shouldn't feel like that. There's no guarantee with the one with our best team, but go out and give it a go. Go down fighting. Don't don't defend for 70 or, you know, set up to defend. And then what happens when they nick one, when they should have nicked about three or four at the end of that first half? What what the plan goes out the window, doesn't it? And it's just it's just atrocious. It's a disgrace. And if I was Sadler, I'd have had him in the office the next day saying, What the hell was that? What what were you actually thinking about there? That's not acceptable. That's not what Blackpool fans want to see. So I'm I'm appalled by it, to be quite honest. And I and it's only a BSM motors game or whatever, but I'm so angry about it, honestly. It's just not it's not on. It's not on. Should have carried on with the same team and gone for it. Don't know if anybody else agrees. I'm assuming they probably 100% will. 100% agree. <laughs> Do you uh, come to... sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, the only thing I'd say about it, Martin, is that Peterborough took it and they made one change, but they made it up front. Did they not? They just... Mm. Ricky J. Jones came out for... I can't remember yeah. the lads yeah, playing. Yeah. Yeah. But the way they were playing... We, we, if you talk about the actual game... The, the thing that worries me about this season all the time is that when things are going wrong, nothing changes. So when Beasley's not working, he brings on Kwasi, like for like, nothing changes. You know, when uh, Pennington's not playing very well at right centre-back, someone else comes on a right centre-back and it stays the same. You know, last night looked like panic mode to me because he went to 4-4-2 in the second half because he didn't know what to do about it. You know, the worrying thing for me last night is I'm sat watching it on Sky, didn't go to the game, but I could see what they were doing. Peterborough was saying, come get the ball from us in our in our penalty box. And then what we're going to do is we're going to play it through you and we're going to give it to our young, exciting wingers that are Rapido against Husband and Connolly and it's going to tear them apart all evening. And then if you're struggling with that, we're going to slip the ball into our young, pacey striker who's going to go one-on-one with Donnelly about seven, uh, Donald about seven times. He was offside about three or four times. He must have watched Keegan Parker growing up. But, it, you know, why am I seeing that? You've got an iPad on the bench that you're watching for most of the game. You must be seeing that. Just tell them to have the ball. You've got to play for us, boys. We're not going to come and chase you all all, all day, you know, in your in areas that we don't need to. We did it the whole night. We didn't stop doing it. And we wonder, oh, why are we getting torn apart? Because they're gonna they're a good footballing team. They're gonna pass it around you. They're gonna create space in behind. And then they were giving it to Randall, and Randall's running at Ekpateta on his own. It was it it was the, the most and I appreciate those that went and I appreciate they're not going to Wembley. The most concerning thing for me is something so obvious like that. And he never changed it. He should have just said to him, leave him, let him have it. 
you know, teams have done that to us this season and said, you're going to have to break us down. You know, if he's going to be defensive, be defensive. Don't be half and half. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah I think and the problem, sorry, the problem I was going to, the problem with it is that he plays that system stubbornly and he just thinks that by swapping out the personnel, the momentum will carry on. But he's literally changed the dynamic of the team within the same framework. And it just, it just didn't work. As simple as that. Sorry, Tom. No, you're fine. Um, Pal, I think Matt in our chat, Matt Tavenport said that he's also worried because Critch didn't know what to do. But when he went 4-4-2, because he thought it might work randomly for the 35th time he hasn't tried it this season, he tries it with 15 minutes to go and we look even worse. And now he's never going to go back to it because, you know, we looked appalling with it because the players have never played it before. So, of course, we're going to look worse and we look vulnerable, we look poor and we it looked like one of these games where you've sort of, well, I, I don't know what it looked like, to be honest with you. I don't want to go into it because, like, like Kurt said, I think Kurt actually in those 30 seconds it's, it's just summed it up really well. Wickham did the same to Peterborough and they kept closing them down. They nicked the ball off the goalie and nicked the ball off defender a couple of times and scored five goals, but we couldn't get near him because we had Beasley chasing it and Joseph probably was you know knackered. I don't know. It was quite obvious that we could have made them much more vulnerable, Peter, by nicking the ball back and having a go because they didn't look all that convincing when they were playing the ball across the back. It was a couple of times they were like, just run and you're going to get the ball. But we didn't even do that. And and like like Kurt said, on the counter, they're too fast, they're too quick, they're too intelligent. And if it weren't for O'Donnell, it would have been 7-0. So I've I've got nothing to say. You know, and Powell's, um, sorry, Martin's right. Football is about momentum. And if you go into Saturday just reaching a final after after beating Bolton, winning those two games against Peterborough, you know, you're building momentum. We've got six points away from them. Three if we beat Bolton you know, because not every single result is going to go against us on Saturday. And we've got, you know, real hope going into late Orient. But now we've now got to build trust again. We've now got to go into a game with no confidence. And we've now got to try and beat one of the best teams in the league. It just stinks. There was, there was absolutely no reason at all to change the team in the way that he did. We mentioned on the, before, before we started recording, that game on Tuesday, it was a semi-final, a chance to get to the National Football Stadium in a competition that, all right, some people call it a Mickey Mouse Cup, but it's a cup and it's a chance to play at Wembley. And we treated it like it was the first round in a group game and trying to get some legs into uh, some minutes into the legs of players that didn't get to get much minutes in pre-season. And it is unforgivable. And the most concerning thing for me is, all right, you can say that we don't change it, there's something other, but you've got the goalkeeper coach on the bench showing players that are coming on, some massive colouring book. The professional footballers, what is he showing them in a massive clipboard? And why is the goalkeeper coach doing it? You've got those two other, other idiots sat on the bench just nodding along and just patting Critchley on the back. What are they saying? What are they doing week in, week out to, to end up with a goalkeeper coach showing people pictures and, and pretty charts on the board? Just sit down and... Just, oh, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. They were just reading Biff and Chip, mate, that's all. Yeah, probably. Just, <laughs> it was just some sort of... Flip the thing is, like, it, the it, thing it's is... shambolic and the club at the moment just feels from top to bottom like it's a little bit rotten, to be honest with you. Um... There's been times in the last few weeks where I've just thought I could jack this season and not give it, not really miss it whatsoever for the rest of the next couple of months. Um, it's just, it's been pathetic. It's been a shit show. Uh, last season was shit. This season's been shit. And we can dress it up and say, oh, we're only six points off the playoffs, but we don't deserve to go up. I wouldn't want to go up because this squad isn't good enough. It would just mean more Deadwood getting more contra- another contract with us. I just, at the end of the season now, start again in the summer, get rid of Critchley. Get Richie Wellens in, give him a chance to assess the uh, the squad, give him some backing in the summer, 
and go again next season with a hopefully revitalised football club and also that's relying on Simon Sadler putting his hand into his very shallow pockets, isn't it? But we'll see. Wait, it's like 11 or 10 games to go, the perfect 10 might be repeated, pal, and you might change your mind. I joke. Um, I know. But my, my, my point is about the, the changes as well. Not only do you know, we changed it, I don't know why he wanted to give people like Connolly a, a chance after being out for months or, or weeks, whatever it was the last time we played in the Tangerine shirt. But we didn't do what we usually do when we line up against anybody. And it was just whatever the 3 5 2 was at the start wasn't the 3 5 2 that we usually try and play and pull teams out and keep the ball because we allow them to have the ball. So that that's on not only Critchley, I think there was a lot of running from the players, you know, sorry, not only on the players because there was a lack of effort a lack of cohesion in the side and a lack of relationship with the fans. It wasn't even with nothing. second balls. We wouldn't have third balls, mate. And against Bolton, you thought, right, we are well up for this. And, you know, and like you say, maybe because it's a bigger side, but I see Peter obviously is a big hitter in League One, but it, it, I don't know. It, and Lamar said it's unforgivable. There was there would be fans in there dreaming about it. And again, it just epitomises the fact that the club tweeted six or seven times an hour two hours three hours before with every single highlight of every single game previously saying up for the cup this that and the other well they played you know when they played that clip of every single round and the goals and the music etc you know going into a semi-final get get there tonight this that and the other wanted to sell tickets and the Blackpool fans again came in their droves for for the cup and whatever it was double tripled whatever they usually bring on in the BSM trophy and they were just severely let down. And some of these fans, Jace, for example, as we know, there was a, the Austrian fan who come from Vienna, you know, and there was fans that live in Blackpool. I'm not taking anything away from the people that travel, the people that go to the home games that live in Blackpool. But, you know, one got kicked out because he wanted to express his opinion um, because it was crap. And you've got to face the consequences for, for doing something badly in any job. If you... I don't know, lay tarmac, but you pour the tarmac in one position, not the other, and half the road's covered, you're going to get sacked. So if you if you put the team out and they don't do what you do, change it. And if, if you know, don't change it for 10 minutes to go when the game's really lost. I, I thought we were an absolute... change it after clearly not practising it all season either. Absolute joke. Um, and it brings us on to our last subject. Um, the last two points I really wanted to go through. Um, and these two go hand in hand, Kurt. I've put, is it hard to associate with Neil Critchley? Because I listened to the interview after um, and he sat there with his arms folded. Yeah, it's disappointing not to get through to the final, blah, 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 blah. And you just think, have you pre written that speech as you sort of suggested your starting lineup? Because, you know, to, he. <laughs> He showed as much fight in that interview and, and you know, I don't want him just to say, I'm really sorry to the fans. I want him to stand up for for himself like, you know, like he didn't against Cheltenham until five days after. I think it was pre-Peterborough where they say, we've got to change and I made the decisions to play that squad, blah, 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 blah. It took him about five days to apologise, didn't it? But again, after this game, he was smiling. After the game, he literally high-fived the ref or like he gave him, you know, a handshake, which came from a distance and he was just like, good game. And he said, thank you. He mouthed the word, thank you. To the officials, you know, after the penalty, etc. And he's just not a man that fights for this club. And he's not the Neil Critchley I associate or the fans associated with in his last tenure here. I I sat on, I think it was the, the Jubilee, wasn't it, when he when he left the football club in the garden, and I just went, We have just lost potentially a cult hero of this football club from what he could have been after, you know, years of building up what he built up in those two seasons in the championship. He loved the club. We loved him. But this isn't the same Neil Critchley 
and this isn't someone that I believe, as Dan Franks rightly said to my to, to my post, he, he just can't be asked. And I think if he gets sacked, he, he couldn't give he could two hoots. He's probably made his money already, and he'll probably pick up another appointment as Stephen Gerrard's assistant somewhere else. But he, for me, he, he from him to Brunskill to everything that, that is said about this club at the moment is just the opposite to what we want to achieve apparently at the start of the season. And I've said it before, don't big up the club to the point where you want to go, we've got this budget, we want to get promoted, we want to do this. And then week after week, show the fight of a wet paper bag in the wind, mate. It's absolutely... It, he, he is gutless, he's cowardly, and his players, they what they do is they mirror him and his assistants on the pitch. There is nothing there that fights for this team apart from two or three. It, this is what fight is so difficult about this team is that you'll turn up and you watch a Portsmouth and you'd think, wow, what a team. You know, this is a great football team. This is a really good team. If you hadn't watched Blackpool at all this season and you'd been to, you know, say, Barnsley, you'd been to Peterborough, you'd, you know, watched us at home, you know, you'd be like, Christ, we should be smashing everybody. Then, you, you know, for every, uh, you know, Portsmouth game, there's about five others of your Port Vales, your uh, your Lincolns, your your Cheltenhams, you know, I could your Wickhams, you know. So for every one good game, there's five or six away games. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you say. Um, it's not the same bloke that was here the first time, but then he doesn't have an experience number two to, that will have the you know the cojones to say, listen, this is garbage. This isn't working. You know, maybe we should keep Rob Apter because when we're trying to attack and break teams down. We want another option. Then CJ Hamilton just stood there on the sideline, maybe running, maybe not. Maybe he'll have good touch, maybe he won't. You know, so for me, it it's really difficult with, you know, he, he doesn't seem to take anything on his shoulders. Um, the game against Cheltenham, I think he really threw the players under the bus. Was it Cheltenham or the game before the yeah, Cheltenham yeah. game? No, no I, I manage a team of 12. And if, if they mess up, I'm taking it and saying, yep, yeah, that's our fault as a, as a as a department, as a team. Yeah. And then behind closed doors, I'm going, what happened? What the f- was that? What did you do? Right. Okay. Well, right. Next time, this is how we're going to approach it. And it doesn't feel like he's got the players on his side. It really doesn't. There doesn't f- really feel like there's some sort of bond there between the players. There's a lot of, you know, if I was Dembele, I'd be getting a highlight reel together so that I can get into the championship next season. Is he that bothered about us not going up? Probably, probably not. In all, in all honesty, Dembele isn't asked whether we go up or not. Is Jordan Rhodes, Maybe, maybe not. You know, is Coulson? Probably not. So for for me, I, I think power Iron- right. Ironically, those three players, the, the ones that show the most fight alongside Gabriel and Joseph. It all boils down to our intent and how we play football. A Blackpool team, I was, I was about to say, you know, when you were talking about, you know, it's really disappointing not to get to Wembley. My top 10 Blackpool moments, two of them were in Cardiff when we won a trophy. When I was, what, I must have been 13? Some that uh, day out with my dad at the football, watching us win four one. Was it four one against Cambridge and two 0 against Southend? Southend, yeah, yeah, four one. By the way, Blackpool winning four one, and we absolutely murdered them. John Murphy scored early. I could tell you, you know, a lot ridiculous. Well, in stepovers, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in was at Blackpool FC, he'd, he'd even know what that meant to fans. You know, going to Wembley, making memories. Well, he even well, tweeted, ha- he even posted, didn't he? Saying only because he got it, because he, he got it wrong. No, and, no, no, I get it. But, but the but, point is, know. we're a happy-go-lucky town, and we love we love days out like that. We love big occasions. We always turn up at them because the fans are there and they support them. You know, the fans showed up. You know, maybe not necessarily in the numbers, but the vocal support for the first twenty minutes and. The, 
everybody in that north stand it, i could see it through the telly was having energy just drained out of them with the way we were trying to play football and it's been like that the entire season you wonder why the north stands not as vociferous and sucking the ball in it's because it's not being replicated on the pitch and that is down to the manager it is down to the manager with some blame on the players. But the players, for me, are being so restricted in the way they're being asked to play football. He spends his entire time worrying about what the other 11 doing than worrying about his own 11. And I said this after Cheltenham, actually, um, and Reading showed it again yesterday, beating, was it Port Vale, 2-0 last night. Um, and other teams, there's the Wiggins of the world, which show fight. And, you know, I, I do genuinely believe... The, the 11 or 12 players we have with belief and hope and passion and determination and the want to do something for the fans finishes in the playoffs. They may even finish second, but I do genuinely believe without that freedom and the decision-making, i.e. Rob Apter, someone who's got intelligence, someone who wants to win football matches, someone who's happy to attack players, him and Dembele would have worked together, you know, there's been decisions that have been made up and down this season, just just, just absolutely baffling, more so the 3-5-2. But every single week, he just doesn't... I don't, I don't know the words, but he doesn't give me belief. I don't associate with him anymore. And I listened to the interview afterwards, and he couldn't care less. I don't care what he says or what the club tweet out or what Sadler will tell you. I'm telling you now, there was no hurt. There was no frustration. It's almost like he's checked out. And it, and he could, it, honestly, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know everything about football. But when I listened to that, I tweeted what I felt. And I said, it's really hard to listen to that. It's really hard. And it was hard to listen to him after the Peterborough game because he was smug. He, he was chest out, arms folded, and said, that's what I wanted from my side, blah, 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 blah. And then he does that on Tuesday. He had a real opportunity Tuesday, not only to get to Wembley, but to build another win. We haven't won at home for about four games now as well. Going into Saturday, it's a bit worrying. We After having the best home form in the world in all of the footballing entirety, because we beat Shrewsbury 4-0 and lost a bloody derby in Northampton. You know, when we... I, I don't know. I, I couldn't care less, I'll tell you now, whether we were in the playoffs or not, and he acted like the way he is. I couldn't care less if it was my manager or not. Because he gives me no hope, no belief and no passion as a Blackpool fan anymore. And every game you're expecting to lose. And it's really hurtful. And 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 like you say, it's it's hard to associate with only Neil Critchley, um, but also also the football club. Mark, I don't know. Kurt, did you want to quickly say something before it, I go to the, Mark? The, the quick thing to say is that there's absolutely zero. Take away the Tuesday night. Leave Tuesday night. Park yeah, I'm happy no to point, leave, yeah. No point in beating Peterborough away. Portsmouth away and then losing to Northampton, then losing to Cheltenham. You know, there's no momentum in this season and there's no feel-good feeling around it. And that 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 is a mentality issue because the players are good enough. I agree with you. I think we've got a very good squad. I don't think we've got a top two squad. I don't think we have enough creativity and, and, and quality, but I think we've got a top six squad. But they're not showing it. I'd, I'd, I'd be the most apprehensive I've ever been in my entire life if this squad got into the playoffs. I've always felt like every time we've got in, even if we've just snuck in and sick, that we're going to win this. We, we are going to win this every single time. I don't think we will if we got in. I don't. <clears throat> Mark, over to you, mate. Can I have an hour? No. Um, you can have five minutes. Thank you. No, no. Um, 
the thing is, it's very easy, like for us all to be nostalgic about the past. But you know what? On Sunday, we spent two and a half hours in the in the company of Ian Holloway. And what that did for me was the next day, that inspired me to get the 0910 DVD out and watch the, the two-hour highlights, which is the best football DVD ever produced by anyone ever in the world. <laughs> I do not exaggerate. Um, but what you get with that is the identity, the passion. They ran through brick walls for Holloway. And if I go back a little bit further, when I was 17, 16... And we had Billy Ayer as manager, who I was lucky enough to meet and spend a bit of time with him when, when a little bit later. What a fantastic guy he was. But his teams were moulded in his image. When he came out and punched the air, it wasn't one of these little uh, Henman-esque little fist pumps. It was proper like, come on, let's get into these, let's have it. And when we lost at Wembley against Torquay in 91, he was nearly in tears and he said, I've never had a worse moment in my life than for my football. That's the sort of thing that keeps people legendary. So in 20 years' time, it won't be it won't be Neil Critcher that's looked back fondly. It'll be the likes of Holloway and Billy. But we miss that because our team needs that identity. Our town needs that identity. And I just feel like Neil Critchley is he's indicative of the club at the moment where it looks good on paper, but it's all, uh, uh, Tom's favourite uh, saying at the moment is it's all fur coat and no knickers. The whole setup from top to bottom, I think, is is overcomplicated. The way that, that, that I think that Critchley sets his team up is overcomplicated. The way that he coaches, I'm sure they're overcoached, they're overcomplicated. Um, I, I listened to another podcast the other day for my sins. I did How listen to another you? podcast the other day. I know. <laughs> but do you know what? They have someone on there who talks sense, and we all know who he is. Um, and he said, with, with, Critchley, with the greatest managers in football are the ones that are sort of about 70% genius and or, or, or you know, and thirty percent kind of just in, instinctive, emotional, kind of off the cuff. But with Critchley, I genuinely believe that everything is programmed in, and the same with his assistants. Everything looks done by numbers. It's it's programmed. It's pre-planned. Even to the the point where the subs come on at almost exactly the same time. It's just robotic and it's false. It's fraudulent. And I think the football club is like that. We're talking about. Yes, we have a sporting director. I know that modern football clubs have to have that. But it's all, a lot of it seems to be shrouded in secrecy. It's like we wheel these people out occasionally and wheel them back. And we talk about fans groups and all the rest of it. The whole football club, it's not what Blackpool fans identify with. It is too overcomplicated and sort of seems too corporate, too bland, too cold. You know, do you know what I mean, guys? It's not, it's not like down to earth. It's kind of, it's kind of, this is our football club and this is the product and you'll just have it. And I'm like, no, that's not how it works here. And even though Sadler has put money into the club, and he's, you know, he's he's seriously in the hole in money in terms of putting money to this football club, but he'll never get back. And I applaud that, and I really do. I, I applaud it because the previous ownership didn't do that. But it only gets you so far, and people aren't going to be grateful forever, including me. And and I'm going to start thinking soon, if if not already, that this there's something not right here and i think he needs to come out and say something simon sadly he's invisible um he employs a lot of people to do the job for him but he doesn't seem to trust any of them because they all leave you know john john t castle left recently the finance director um i believe uh is is leaving you know there's been a big there's been a big turnover of staff here. it's starting to feel a bit like afc filed where their owner seems to micromanage everything and everyone just gets fed up and leaves. And it just, just doesn't seem to be a happy ship. I might be wrong, but the lack of communication suggests to me that things aren't good here. And it's and it, and indicative of what's being produced on the football pitch, which is bland, uninteresting, 
and it will send people away in the droves. And if he's here next season playing that, season ticket sales will finally, they'll they'll peter out and they'll hit about 5,000 because people will not be parting with the hard-earned cash to watch that. And that's how I feel. It's just, it's a shame to say it, but there is something stinking at this football club and I can't quite work out what it is. Pal, just, we're going to finish the pod in a couple of minutes. Yes, yeah, and um, I know obviously we need to finish. I just want to say, I know we've had quite a bit of the moment tonight and fan, Black fans in general at the moment aren't the most positive. I'm not the most positive. I know I get plenty of pelters on Twitter and whatnot for, for moaning and sometimes people say it's moaning for moaning's sake. But I just don't want us to be shit. I want to go to the football and I want to enjoy it. I'm not asking for Simon Sadler to come into it, into the club and spend five, ten million pounds per player. Just spend a little bit of money to make us competitive and make us not shit. Give us a Saturday and a, a team we, we can turn up to on a Saturday to watch and enjoy and associate with. The whole club is just like Martin said, it's bland at the moment. There's there's something missing. In, the word corporate is is probably is, rings rang true to me. It's just kind of it's, it's number orientated. It's it's spreadsheet orientated. It's too cautious. It's it's too touchy. We know for a fact that the, the, the hierarchy, scroll Twitter, take offence to fans' opinions, they listen to podcasts, they scroll message boards. So if you are listening to this, just make us not shit. Just give us something to enjoy and something to associate with them. And, and we'll turn up in our thousands like we do every week, like we do every season. We'll spend money in the club shop. We'll spend money behind the bar. And the club will continue to be sustainable. And it, it's not going to become unsustainable by spending £2 million in the summer on a group of players that could give you the opportunity to push for the top two. And if we was to do that, the season ticket sales would follow, the, the revenue would follow, and the club would be a happier place. I'm sure Sadler would be a happier in a happier place if we was in the championship, especially with the new TV money coming in. It's it's too easy for the club, I think, to to take offence to negative opinions and for Sadler to say, oh, well, I saved you from the Oysters, and that's only going to go so far. And for me, that's already ran out. Well, the honeymoon period already, has run it's out. It's gone, isn't it? It's, it's gone. It's yeah. long gone. It, we are in a new era, and whether you like it or not, we can't compare it to the Oysters. We we compare Sadler and we judge him on what he does now. There is a benchmark of his football club, and he is not living up to it. There's an expectation on fans, and it's not unrealistic expectations. It's just a desire to not be shit, and I think that's the best summary I can say on it. And I just. I just don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I just feel so disillusioned with it at the moment. It's just, it's upsetting because I, like, I like thousands of us, like you three, we absolutely love this football club and it's hard to love it at the moment and it's, it is upsetting. It, it, it's hard to, to love some, like you say, during, during, during the boycott, we lost years of our football club, didn't we? And I don't want it to cut out. I'm not saying it's the same, but there's fans that, that Hoggy said, I think we spoke after the Holloway pod. <laughs> after after two and a half hour pod, I think we spoke for another hour, didn't we, Martin? So it's like midnight by the time we got off, just just chatting about things. And he said yeah, that yeah. The, the fan, Jace, um, I think his name's Jason, he said, I don't know him personally, but he was on Twitter. He he gave he gave us away tickets out. You know, he couldn't go the other week to, to Bristol mm. Rovers and he gave six tickets out. He spent thousands of thousands of pounds. This is just one isolated. I know you've been blocked as well, pal free. Unblock pal, Mr. Zedler. Um, but <laughs> they're blocking fans like him who give everything in their life. This is their life. It's, you know, I can't afford to go to football sometimes. I'm going to Lake and Orange Tuesday. I don't know why after this podcast, but I haven't got that much money at the moment. 
but I'm going because I want to enjoy the football. Like Powell said, I want to go to football, have a couple of beers with my mates and just go and watch Blackpool Football Club. But it is hard. It's more of a chore on a Saturday mm. now. And we just we don't care if we finish 12th and have had a competitive season and some fun games because we've said this week in, week out. But if you address the fans, like like we've said hundreds of times, saying we want to go up, we're back, and Tandering TV itself is an excellent product, you know, they're building a Blackpool up to be this amazing machine when really they're not listening to to the cogs in that machine, which are the fans. And if you dare say anything about the gutless performance that was Chet on them, you're going to get blocked. I'm going to silence your opinion. And, you know, we make the football club, regardless of how many millions you've got, come in here and defend yourself if you really want, Sadler, but you can't keep running the, the, the fan base into the ground like that because we're just going to not want to care anymore. And it's it's not it's not right. Um, and it isn't right. And the fact that we're talking about this being six points off the blouse is 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 gut gut wrenching, really. Can, um, can I make a bit quick point about what you just said, Tom, and about you some can, things? You we can, go, we you can, you can name that. You can do the final piece of the pod. Yeah. I'm going to end it after you. But, but we're we're trying too hard to be something we're not. Right. So we're doing yeah, this yeah. silly fan yeah. engagement thing. Let's just yeah. keep this football club very simple. You know, we how much more engaged would we all be here now? And, and I, I've said Rob Apto a few times. If Rob Apto was in the match day squad and he's yeah. coming on, you've team product, one of one of us, I know he's scouse, but he's yeah. come through our system. It's our it's our football club, you know, it's 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 if everybody's football club. You know, he'd be I, the poster boy, wouldn't he? He'd be the poster yeah. boy, the local, you know, the, 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 the guy who's come through the system and, and he's showing it how it's done because we haven't yeah. got anybody else like that. You're completely and, right. And do you think he's going to waste his time playing for all of the youth team just to roll out in a cup game, just lose and not put any no. effort in? No, is he out? No. I'd no. much rather watch Rob Apter than CJ Hamilton. I'd much rather watch Rob Apter than the most of them, to be honest. But that's not my point. In My point is, keep it simple, stupid. This fan engagement stuff, nonsense. Get rid of it. Do a fans forum every quarter, whatever. Exactly. You know, come yeah. and get your opinions in. Send them in advance and we'll we'll make a structure. The concentration is in all of the wrong places. Yeah, let's get a, a an exciting football team. Our, the problem with us Blackpool fans is we've always it, almost enjoyed the fact that we don't have a lot of money. We've built a squad full of plodders. And, you know, if we do get a decent team together, we jump on it and it's a journey. Whereas actually, we expect more from this now. We, you know, we don't expect a team full of plodders. We, we, we should be aiming for more. So, you know, Powell might moan about it. But for me, I think it's reasonable. We we don't want to be a team full of plodders in League One getting beaten by Cheltenham and Port Vale. In this league, you are going to get caught out at times. That's yeah. just how it happens. But mm. our ambitions should be higher than what we're currently sh- being shown mm. from the football club. Agreed. <clears throat> well said. Yeah. I mean, last season we had beer and burger with Appleton, didn't we? Do you remember that? You could have, I, mean, I didn't go, but you could have a beer and a burger with the manager, even though he was a, you know what... And now we don't have anything. Should have smoking a pancake with Neil? That's what we need. Just get something going, for God's sake. I'll, keep I'll it set up a Sabutio <laughs> for, for Critchley to show him how 442 works. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, a couple of minutes each, then. Let's talk back to football. Let's concentrate on Saturday. It's a huge, huge game. I know it's hard to probably associate with, with the game on Saturday after that, pal, but. Same lineup as uh, Peterborough um, on Saturday, or, or would you make any changes at all at the back? Um, I would shoehorn the back three that was mentioned before. I can't remember if it was Martin or Kurt, uh, Pennington, Epiteta, Casey. It was you, Tom. What your point? <laughs> um, Coulson, Gabriel. I'd then have Morgan, Byers, Dembele, 
Lavery, Joseph up front. Simple as that. That team would go at them. As long as we don't then revert to going long to Dembele up against Santos. Keep it on the floor. Keep it simple. Play our football. We'd have a chance. If we decide to do something moronic with the likes of Beasley in there or whatever we'd come up with, we will get beat. Uh, with that team that I've just said, I would have a little bit of hope that we could maybe get something out of it. Absolutely. Mark, your team? Um, I fear that he will play someone like Beasley or Kowasi to try and get, you know, to try and compete with Santos, which would be ridiculous. You need to play, uh, you know, someone like Lavery and keep Santos occupied on the ground a bit more. But um, I just want to see a positive lineup. I would go with the Peterborough lineup from Saturday. Um, because you know what? This is like a local derby of sorts. We don't like them. They don't like us. And if we're not going to go up, I'm damn sure I don't want to help them go up. It's going to be a, a cracking atmosphere. It's, there's going to be trouble, I think, before and after the game. You can see that coming a mile off. I don't want them celebrating and taking the mick in our own backyard. So I want to steam into them and make sure they don't leave with three points. And that's what it comes down to, isn't it? You want to see some fight. This is this is the biggest local derby. Forget Fleetwood. This is the localish derby that we will have this season. And we need to put a strong team out. And, and not cock about with it. So I would go with the, the Peterborough lineup. basically from Saturday would be fine by me, but do not start getting clever. And if he plays Kwasi or um, or Beasley, uh, then you can forget it. Also, I would say that if we were to get hammered in this game, and I mean a 3-4-0 and lesson, I would fear for the toxicity of the atmosphere and what happens afterwards. So it's in everyone's interest. If that to happens, Chris, get Chris shouldn't see six o'clock if that happens. He shouldn't be six. Well, 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 he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You're absolutely right. Paul, you're absolutely right, but but let's hope that doesn't happen because as much as we're negative, if we win the next five or six games, there won't be anybody more happy than me about it. So let's start on Saturday, please. Awesome, Kurt. Any changes um, you make? If no changes, like the team, I think husband will be playing instead of Casey. I think that's pretty pretty clear. What what I want to see a bit more of an a, a, an attacking shape because on Tuesday night. The attacking shape was Conley or husband hitting the ball into a you know the 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 channel I guess or not even in the channel hitting it to to areas where there wasn't anybody you know and then we were starting to do it to Lavery. What are we what are we hitting long balls for like that? What what are they achieving? What's the purpose? You know I I found really hard this season to find a purpose in the way we play. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to achieve? How are we trying to do it? Peterborough was very obvious in what they were trying to do it, and they could easily play in multiple different ways. We don't seem to have that. I don't really know what we're trying to achieve at times. So I'd like to see a purpose. Um, they've got 13 cup finals now and they've got two massive home games coming up against Bolton and Portsmouth and they need to find a way to show the importance of these games. You've got two massive home games against Bolton and Portsmouth, but you've equally got two massive away games against, I think, Shrewsbury and Northampton, who are near the relegation zone, mid-table plodders. So, you know, knowing us, we'll beat Bolton and Portsmouth and then we'll lose to Northampton and Shrewsbury. They need to find a way to get nine points out of the next 12. Agreed. Well, I'm going to call that pod, gentlemen, a little bit over what we usually do, but I think it's been therapeutic once again. Um, thanks, pal, for this evening. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Hopefully see you no again soon. Of course. Welcome back, Kurt, and thanks again, buddy. That's all right. We'll win on We'll, we'll win on Saturday. Be fine. We, they, they haven't won at Blackpool in 22 years, so we'll beat him on Saturday. Always beat Bowen. We always beat Bowen. There's got to be some positivity because nobody said anything positive for an hour and 20 minutes. We'll win on uh, Saturday. I did not ever 
I only talked about positive about Shane Lovery. <laughs> uh, Mark, as always, mate, thanks again. Yeah, no, I'm, I think the cat's relieved because of the way I was feeling today, I was going to kick something, but I've, I've, I've kicked it verbally. So the, the cat's <laughs> looking Zuma. at me going, I'm safe for another week. Yeah, Kurt Zuma, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Um, Martin Zuma, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, God, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, my, my, my public persona is rapidly changing into a bit of a... A bit of a one to watch. Not good. This is the impact Not I good. have on you, mate. It's only taking six months. Right. We're going to release the Ian Holloway pod this weekend. Um, I know Powell's happy about that. It's flying off and I'm going to listen to, to it uh, in the future. We're going to release that for public use. We have a giveaway currently. Um, when you're listening to this, it will be live on the X account for a beautiful piece of artwork of your choice. If all you have to do is retweet and follow a couple of accounts um, and we're giving away a Patreon spot as well. So if you listen to this and you're not a Patreon, we'll be giving away a Patreon um, over the next couple of days as well. Um, so look out for all of those. Um, but for now, from everyone at the It's Not Irish podcast, we'll speak to you soon. 